a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources on KSL News Radio. Welcome back to Inside Sources. I'm your guest host, Lee Lonsberry. Uh, slight scheduling change, no big deal. Uh, Ms. Mendenhall going to join us later on in the program if we can arrange that. What we're going to do now is spend some more time on Hurricane Dorian. It is uh, an unfortunate tragedy when a hurricane strikes, and this one is no exception. Uh, the, the, the poor folks in the Bahamas uh, are, are, are now, just now, starting to clean up uh, the, the, the mess that is now their homes. Uh, we learned that uh, that hundreds and hundreds of thousands of structures were destroyed. Uh, power is lost now to to large swaths of the islands, uh, and the the biggest tragedy: twenty folks uh, lost their lives. The the coastal Carolinas, uh, as this hurricane Dorian moves uh, northward, uh, could see up to fifteen inches of rainfall. That's not the only threat, though. There is this thing called a storm surge, and uh, w- when the storm surges, that causes flooding. And that's an unfortunate thing. Obviously, we know about flooding. I'll tell you, if I had Mary Richards in here, I was going to remind her of a story of mine. Uh, Some time ago, my own place uh, flooded, and uh, I had to stay when... uh, Let me refresh. Mary Richards and I were earlier today talking about a a trip that Doug Wright and I took out to uh, Washington, D.C. to uh, accompany the Honor Flight folks. Uh, Well, we stayed in in a hotel there. Uh, with the, those folks that, that were there uh, as former World War II veterans. And uh, I later experienced some flooding of my own after I moved out to D.C., and I ended up staying in that same ho- uh, hotel. That was a pointless story and a tangent as we talk here uh, about Hurricane uh, Dorian. We're now, what we're trying to do, if I could give you a window into what's going on here behind the scenes, we're attempting to connect uh, with an ABC News reporter who is stationed in the Carolinas and is going to tell us what's going on as the, as the hurricane uh, lets itself be felt. Uh, so as we get that uh, arranged, I'm going to move on to uh, something I've been wanting to talk to, uh, to you folks about uh, ever since I got the opportunity to join you as the the guest host of this Inside Sources. And it has to do with the notion of, uh, of civility and the lack thereof uh, in, in media today. You spend your time watching uh, cable news uh, or you're reading some of the big national newspapers or you're following the Twitter feeds of some of the, the big characters in politics around the country. The sense you get is that there is great division, that there is uh, a, a divide that keeps us apart, that puts us into two uh, great categories uh, separate from one another. 
I, in full disclosure, for the past number of years, have been working in Washington, D.C. as a congressional staffer. I've been uh, on the staff of Congressman Rob Bishop, and that's given me a, a unique perspective uh, to, to see uh, how politics is is working and how uh, the or what are the realities of this division. And what I'm going to tell you is that <clears throat> there is a lot of good that does happen. Uh, in Washington, D.C. I know it's an unpopular opinion. And if you think back, I remember when I was here at KSL, uh, we would spend a lot of time uh, looking for headlines to cover and looking for stories to report on. And one of them was some folks got real clever and they thought they would do a uh, like a popularity study. Uh, and they compared folks is they compared how people felt about members of Congress uh, approval ratings, I guess, and compared them to things like cockroaches and uh, illnesses and uh, uh, car accidents. And the, the, the fun, cute little headline was that Congress uh, scored lower than all of those folks. And uh, I, I want to take just a moment and attempt to, to invite you to look at things in a different way. Uh, and, and that is, there is great evidence of unity in, in Washington, and there is great evidence of, of work being done uh, effectively. Here's what I'm going to invite you to do. If you have a, a computer, I'd invite you later on today to go on to congress.gov. That's a website. Uh, that's a website that tracks all of the legislative progress of the bills introduced by various members of Congress. Uh, what I want you to do is I want you to search on there uh, all all the laws, and you can you can what do you call it? You can refine the search down to those bills that have been introduced that have passed both the House and the Senate and then gone on to the president's desk. And I think once you search with those terms, you'll find it very surprising that we actually, or rather Congress, does get a lot done. Uh, The last time I searched, there were 56 bills that had recently been signed into law. And you don't hear about all that on on the news often. You don't hear about that on the 24-hour news outlets. You don't hear about that uh, uh, in the national newspapers. Uh, But I can tell you, because I've seen it firsthand, that a lot of work actually does get done. A lot of bills and acts do get signed into law. And it's not just the commemorative coins or the post offices, but it is often uh, work that's done to uh, to help the lives of everyday Americans. Uh, when the president assumed office, he said that one of his hallmarks uh, was he intended it to be to reduce regulation to to uh, for there to be less uh, of the federal government in our lives. And I can tell you that uh, that that is not necessarily an opinion that divides the entire nation. There are many many folks on all sides of the aisle who are totally willing and able and have proven so through their vote to to walk away from some of this onerous uh, regulation. Uh, Robin Garfield, uh, producer extraordinaire, you know what I'm talking about here, this uh, perception of division? Is that something you witness? Oh, absolutely. And I think when we look at Salt Lake, you know, we were talking about the Salt Lake mayoral race. Uh, the, there are races and, and elections in uh, Salt Lake that are bipartisan. And I think one of the purposes of this is to get people out of this mindset of left aisle, right aisle. Or nonpartisan even. They're, or they're, they're, they're yeah. apolitical races. Me, yeah. Yeah. I think we saw more evidence of that earlier in the week. We spoke uh, to uh, 
Uh, he's the, the, the co-chair of the Utah Debate Commission, Thomas Wright. He, the, the other chair, the other co-chair, uh, a Democrat person, these two folks come together and they uh, have created a system where when it comes to be election time, the candidates have to come and they have to face one another. And it, uh, it, it requires a certain level of civility and, uh, and a, an apolitical approach to this, which is real. And I think Utah has a, a very fine understanding. Further evidence of that, uh, Mr. Wright told us that the model of the debate commission is, is being replicated across the country. And I think that's a good testament to, to the, the bipartisan nature, or at least the civility that we are able to demonstrate here in Utah. Well, and I think people caught up a lot when they look at the ballot list of the R or the D next to a name. And sometimes we only make decisions based on that letter of the alphabet. And sure. it's, it's very important, I think, to, to cross that over and to say, let's read the issues. Like you were saying, go on and read the bills. Don't just say, well, my guy's voting for this bill. You know, he's against this bill. I'm going to be against it. But get to know the issues. We try in our house when we get that big, thick ballot sheet of information to read through each candidate and to say, well, I'm going to, I'm going to vote for this person based on their principles, based on their values, and try to blend the color, make it a, make it a purple election instead of a, a red or a, a blue. Yeah. Uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, thank you for, for, for weighing in. Uh, let me apologize to you, listeners. We've been a little clunky in this segment. Uh, we had some plans lined up and they fell through. Uh, but hopefully that glimpse into uh, what is being done in Congress was worthwhile to you. I, I, I do invite you to check that out on Congress.gov. Refine your search. Look at what has become law uh, over the past number of months. And you will be surprised by all of these new measures that have been put into place and all these regulations that have been rolled back. And uh, for the most part, you will not have heard about it on the on, on the cable news. Uh, I think there's a great tendency towards uh, driving us apart than there is uh, to focusing on what we're able to accomplish together. Uh, we're going to take a break right here in a moment. And next up, we're going to speak to someone who carries the title of life safety manager. Like, we're going to speak to a life safety manager uh, from the University of Utah. We're going to talk about their new move to ban smoking entirely on the campus. That's here on Inside Sources. I'm your guest host, Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. 